With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Bless You Boys Podcast 93, Spreadsheet Nerds. This is recorded on Friday, November 15th, 2013, with Al Beaton, Kurt Minching, and Hook Slide. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy. Bless You Boys podcast. We're the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com. SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog kicks around the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. And yes, we're back because there's plenty of news to talk about. Won't be a super long podcast, but we'll have a lot of content to talk about. Have the gang all back together. At least we were short one last week. Cook slide. Welcome back. You were missed. Well, a little bit anyway. Well, thank you very much. And as far as this podcast being long or not long enough or whatever, I can do the rest of the show in Phantom Cam if you'd like. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> we want to get out of here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday afternoon. Yeah, it's almost happy hour. Uh, also, of course, is joining us the uh, my co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. He's a columnist for the Detroit News. He is also, uh, he does numerous things for SB Nation. That is Kurt Menching. Uh, Kurt, how's things? It's never a happy hour when I'm around, Al. <laughs> yes, you were a professional curmudgeon. Yes. All right. Uh, we have uh, Phantom for the curmudgeon. Uh, it, sounds kind of, it sounds kind of like a morning zoo show. but uh, We have arrived. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to let us know about your thoughts on the podcast, uh, please email us your thoughts and questions at bybtigers at gmail.com, bybpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on the Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers. And, of course, we're always on Twitter. Uh, where we get to see everybody ranting and raving over an MVP. Uh, well, we agree what happened to the MVP anyway, but that's at blessyouboys.com on Twitter. And before we dive into the MVP debate or, or try to ignore the MVP debate, depending on where direction t- uh, the conversation takes us, uh, just want to remind everybody uh, that, of course, the podcast feed has changed. We're on Blog Talk Radio. They are hosting all our uh, uh, podcasts from here on out. So all the correct links are in the show notes. So if you want to download the podcast, if you want to do it other ways than just get it off the site, click on those links, take it to the right places. Also, we have some plans we want to do with uh, Blog Talk Radio. We have some, Kurt and I have talked about some uh, some doings, 
so to speak, uh, for, a, for probably December. So be on the lookout for some announcements in regard to that. Just a little teaser there. Uh, we're still kind of laying the groundwork, so just keep that in mind. All right, guys, I guess there was an MVP uh, awarded last night. Went to Miguel Cabrera. He's a back-to-back winner, the first Tiger to do so since Hal Newhauser in 1944 1945. Unfortunately, you would have thought that, well, God and the devil are going at it between the reaction this has caused once again. Cabrera, just as last year, topped Mike Trout. Uh, he took 22 of 30 first place votes. As mentioned in the awards ceremony, it's deja vu all over again. And not just in the vote, guys, but in the reaction to the vote. The vitriol has been spewing since about 6.15 Thursday night when the award was announced. Hasn't stopped since. Uh, we, we have a post, uh, a reaction post on Bless You Boys that is rocking the comments right now. Everybody's up and, well, I guess kind of defending uh, the Detroit side of things, anyway. But Kurt, you know, I start to gl- the the glass over when it starts when we start hearing things about war and the sabermetric side of this. And yes, they do have some points, but I think the attitude that the the Brian Kennys and the Keith Laws of the world they are really turning me off of advanced metrics right now. You know that 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 is right, and you're not the only one that that, that says that. And you know, I, I I know there are other people, other smart people out there who who use advanced metrics, who are who are looking at this and going, this is the ESPNization of baseball statistics. This yeah. is this is Skip Bayless, Brian Kenny is Skip Bayless. You don't want Skip Bayless arguing your side because he's an, he's a, he's a fool, and and it's probably an act. And Brian Kenny too. He's a smart man. People say he's nice. I, I don't know him, but I'll, I'll take their word for it. Uh, but, but what he's doing is, is creating a, a vehicle to drive his personal brand. And, and this vehicle, I feel, is not, not the way I, I want advanced statistics to be promoted to, to, to the people. I, you know, through my column, I try to bring advanced statistics uh, in a way that people can understand them and use them and see that they work. And, and I, I hope that, you know, some people are, are learning a thing or two and, and don't feel like I'm, you know, being some kind of condescending prick by using them. Uh, you know, and I'm sure some people are never going to like stats, but I, I think advanced statistics can help us see a picture that we might not otherwise see and they're useful. But uh, what, what Brian Kennedy is doing, I, I just do not feel is, is good for the uh, argument. I think it makes my job harder. Uh, as I wrote in the post, the reaction post, and bless you, boys, I think Kenny has crossed the line from passion, maybe a little prophesizing, and he's now into self, uh, really self-promotion. He's very condescending and very self-righteous, and that's, that turns off a lot of people. Because I do agree somewhat with some of the things he says. I mean, I get why he's got this crusade to kill the wind, because he's, you know, he's trying to open people's eyes up to there's more to pitching than wins and losses. I get that. But when you start insulting people, when, essentially, Kurt, he's insulting people's intelligence uh, by saying, if you voted for Miguel Cabrera, you're a Neanderthal, you're an idiot. That, I think, is where he's crossed the line, and he's starting to turn people against what should be a worthy cause. Right. You know, I, and, I, and I, said, I said on Twitter today, baseball is the prism. And then I said, that will be my last official word. Well, I'm going back on that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm to speak it a little further. What I mean by saying baseball is the prism is that you, you can look through it and see different things. You, you know, you, you look through it, and 
maybe you like the statistics. Maybe maybe you were you know a, a person who excelled in math in school and you really enjoy the the statistical side. You look through it and you're going to see the game of baseball uh, as a collection of statistics. You you're, you're you're going to be able to see the other game parts parts of the game too. I'm not saying you're going. Oh, I, you know, you're you're a you're a spreadsheet nerd. You won't see anything else, but you're going to see the game a certain way. That's what you're bringing to it. And and then the the person who played the game, who you know, maybe maybe they were a high school star, or maybe they were a, you know a schlub, or maybe they were a minor leaguer, maybe they were a major leaguer. They're bringing a different uh, perspective, a different experience, and they're looking through that prism of baseball, and they're seeing a different picture. Well, there are there are multiple ways you can look through baseball. You know, you got stats, you got you you got experience of being on the field. You you know, you got the scouting perspective. You you got the emotional perspective. You you listen to the game with your grandfather. You listen to the game with with your son. You have this, these emotional ties. You, you watch the game because you like the personalities. There are many ways of of seeing things. Baseball is a prism, and it it just breaks up. Well, they're saying that you didn't take the statistical view of the MVP, therefore, you're wrong. I, I, I think that's wrong. I, you know, I think that what the, the baseball writers have done is say, hey, you know, that, that's great that there's this, you know, statistical argument you want to make, but that's, that's not what the MVP stands for. It stands for something else. Well, they don't have to agree what the MVP stands for, but if we all agree the MVP goes to this specific statistical category or this statistic, you know, this, this specific kind of player, if we all agreed that and then they chose someone else, I think they'd be wrong. But I don't think fans and former athletes and columnists and statistics fans, I don't think we all agree on what the MVP should stand for. And right now, more people agree it should stand for what Miguel Cabrera does than, than what Mike Trout does. And I think that's what we're seeing here. The people who want it to stand for Mike Trout does are making a lot of noise, but that doesn't mean one side's right or wrong, but at this point, it, more people agree with uh, one view than the other. Yeah, they kind of remind me of the of a vocal minority, much like the Fire Leland minority that was very loud, very cranky, but uh, they did, I don't think, as you said, they don't really reflect I think the majority of people out there, I think in this case, the majority of people would agree that Miguel Cabrera is MVP. But in this case, I don't think there's a wrong vote. There's just a different vote because uh, Mike Trout had just as compelling a case uh, for the MVP other than this is, and this is one of the things that people use. Uh, he played for a crappy team. While, meanwhile, Miguel Cabrera essentially put the Tigers on his back and helped care, pretty much carry them to a division title. Hook slide, I know. You're kind of a little more recent, I don't know what to say, convert into sabermetrics, but you have, uh, I mean, you wrote a post on our user's guide. Your eyes have been opened up somewhat from just batting average home run RBIs to some of the other more, well, in-depth type stats. What's your father in this whole debate, if we even call it a debate at this point? Yeah, I, w- I would say I'm a semi-recent convert. I mean, I've been kind of into numbers all my life. Um, you know, especially as a software analyst, you know, that's just kind of, I, I'm used to graphs and charts and whatever. It, mm-hmm. So it didn't take a whole lot, you know, to kind of see, you know, some of the arguments, people just saying some of the basic stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, is batting average really a true picture, you know, of what a hitter is doing or should we look at on base percentage? That's a really basic, yeah. you know, level. And it, so it's easy enough to look at that and say, yeah, this makes sense. Okay. Show me something better. And then if it makes sense, then I'll, I'll be totally on board with it. But what I'm seeing more and more, you know, as I interact with, um, you know, the super nerds, the super, <laughs> super saber nerds, 
is that I think that so many of them are, are just willing to throw out everything at this point. You know, so I'm hearing, well, we got to get rid of the win. Yes, I, I might agree. Well, we also got to get rid of, you know, batting average. And we're going to get rid of RBIs. And we're going to get rid of this. And so it, I think this is becoming almost cannibalistic. Yeah. You know, that I, it won't be long now, uh, if it's not already happening, where you'll start to hear these guys saying, you know what, let's get rid of the whole FIP and XFIP and TTCT, you know, whatever else is going on. When does it stop? You know, when when does this uh, sabermetrics advance get to the point where it's so just it's like nailing jello to a wall? And it's become so abstract and saying, well, I okay, fine. According to this super super sliced up set of numbers, Trout's better, I guess, in a couple categories or whatever you want to say. Like Kurt was saying, I don't think it's safe to completely get rid of some of the traditional views or or angles, you know, through that prism, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Well, I would put it this way. Don't you think that, you know, the tr some of these traditional numbers could be considered a gateway drug into sabermetrics and people start looking a little deeper into the numbers and start reading sites like Pleasure Boys who, who ex you know, try to at least delve a little deeper into what the numbers mean, even if it's just, wait a second, on base percentage makes a lot more sense than batting average. And, you know, OPS isn't exactly a, a perfect thing, but it, it kind of gives me a better idea that, this guy is a very productive offensive player. And I think that uh, would be my concern, Oakside, is that if you say, well, let's get rid of the win, let's get rid of the save, let's get rid of batting average, you're going to be left with an Excel sheet, and that, that's really going to turn people off. An Excel sheet that doesn't necessarily tell you yeah. everything, because numbers cannot, will not, never be able to tell you everything. And that's why I say, you know, you can certainly, if you're thinking in terms of an Excel spreadsheet that has, you know, 86 different columns, you can, you can cherry pick and put together a combination of numbers and, and try to say something with it. But it's, there's always going to be somebody to say, yeah, but you didn't factor in X, Y, and Z. And it, it just it feels like, you know, if, if you're not careful, if you don't, you know, have some boundaries on this, uh, you know, how far sabermetrics goes, you end up in this weird kind of Buddhist, you know, sort of like nirvana. <laughs> it all means nothing. What do these numbers really mean anyway? You know? yeah. guess, <laughs> guess where that leaves us? Yes. With the will to win. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, Hawk Harrelson endorsed to say the very least. <laughs> the saber nerds are going to come full circle. <laughs> Harrelson levels. Oh, geez. All right. Um, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, you know, obviously we're Tigers fans. We would have voted for, well, I know I voted for Cabrera in the SB Nation Awards. And, you know, and again, there's no bad choice here. You know, they're both great players. Hell, Chris Davis had a great year. No. So Josh Donaldson, I don't think he should have got a first place goal. But regardless, they all had wonderful years, and we should be celebrating what they're doing instead of you know going at this hammer and tong, deciding what's right, what's wrong, and well, and no one really is in the end. So there's gray areas instead of black and white. Unfortunately, right now the 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 argument is too inflamed to the point where everything is too much black and white. You, you know, I think I think uh, you know our friend David Tokars. You know, I, uh, what did he say on Twitter? You're, you're, you've gotten to the point where you're denigrating a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, an inner circle Hall of Famer, one of the best batters we've seen in the game. We've gotten to the point where people are denigrating him to make their side look better. That's just wrong. Yes, bingo. Tokars, as I like to call him, is the id of the Tigers fan base, and he is very he's often right in these things, and we, I agree with him 100% there. There wasn't any kind of, not too much of a controversy, guys, when it came to Max Scherzer, who won the Cy Young. Uh, really wasn't a surprise. Uh, well, I think it was the biggest surprise that he won an absolute walk, taking 28 to 30 first-place votes. 
I, I guess there really isn't much to say about Scherzer when it occurred, other than, hey, yeah, this is wonderful, and it's uh, great for Tigers fans and great for the franchise. 21-3, and three, pretty much, you know, there was those wins and losses, you know, which would send Brian Kinney off a cliff. But 21-3, and three, you can't really argue against that when it comes to the Cy Young. Well, Brian Kenny tried to, and yeah. which, again, points out the absurdity that his, that his arguments are becoming. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Cy Young, you know, it probably did turn down the win this, this year. Yeah. The, the, because here's the thing, you know, you could look at, you could look at Scherzer and, and see one really good pitcher. You, you know, you could look at Darvish or, you know, you, you could look at a bunch of guys and see different versions of very good pitchers. Exactly. And, you know, and there was there was truly no wrong answer of of the of the you know top handful. They all, you might like this version or that version, but in the end, you know, Scherzer dominated day one to you know start one to start thirty three. You know, he he struck out players like mad. He pitched deep into games. He did everything you expect an ace and a Cy Young to do. So he you know he was he was deserving, and the wins came too because he played for a very good team, but. You know, regardless of the wins, he was he was still a deserving player. Yeah, very much so, and there really isn't much uh, to argue about it. Uh, now, hook slide. I don't know. Uh, you discussed this on the site. The Tigers have really dominated the BBWAA awards over the last three years. The last three consecutive MVPs, uh, two of the last three Cy Youngs, even Jose Iglesias finishing second in the uh, Rookie of the Year vote this year. But there is a segment of the fan base who thinks maybe we're going a little overboard in the celebration of the individual awards, and we're forgetting, and we shouldn't, that regardless of all this, this is still a team that hasn't won it all and has been built to win it all, and they've been falling continually short since 2006. Uh, yes, they have. And, you know, I, I, I guess in that piece that I just wrote today, um, or posted today, you know, I, I'm kind of echoing that part of the fan base. Uh, it, albeit, you know, a little bit exaggerated, some, you know, because I am nothing if not full of rhetoric and <laughs> exaggeration. Um, but I, I get it. I get the point, you know, saying, well, this is good. It's, it's, it's nice that, uh, Scherzer won the Cy Young. It's nice that Miguel Cabrera got the MVP. Uh, we can take some amount of pride in that. And so you have to, that, that's, those are our boys, you know, yeah. our, our Tigers. And, but the, the thing that I kind of touched on, and I think this is really the crux of the matter, it's that those are individual awards. They're not team awards. And they don't stay with the team, so to speak. You know, you don't get to raise a flag over Comerica Park that says 2013 MVP. Um, that belongs to Miguel Cabrera. And if, you know, God forbid he ends up going to Philadelphia like we all think he's going to, right? Mm-hmm. Get it? Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. But if he, you know, ended up going to some other team, he would still be Miguel Cabrera MVP with whatever team he's with. You know, and I think what the fans want, what I certainly want, is is that that uh, World Series title that goes with the team that we can claim now and and, and going forward. And so yes, World Series champions 2014. That's I think that's the big difference. Those, those awards go away when the players go away. Uh, any thoughts on that, Kurt? That maybe we're getting too wrapped up in individual awards, uh, kind of missing the forest for the trees, so to speak. Well, you know, it's like we say, you, you know, you wrote for the laundry, and, and yeah. you know, agreeing with hook slide, you know. The, the laundry keeps the uh, the World Series title, and 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 the the players who wore the laundry can leave and come and go, you know. So I think the way you have to look at it is you have to say this was a very good year. This is the golden age. This is awesome that we get to watch one of the best pitchers of a generation, one of the best hitters of, you know, one of the, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time, really. 
uh, we get to see them suit up for our team every every game. It, it's 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 exciting and good, you know. But it, if this generation of Detroit Tigers does not win a World Series, we're not going to look at them. We're not going to say, you know, we we hold eighty four in in a special way. We hold sixty eight in a special way. And if we were older, we'd probably hold, you know, the nineteen thirties and and forties. In, in a special way, you know, we, I mean, we, we still talk about Mickey Cochran and, you know, Hank Greenberry. We still talk about those guys. They won a World Series and, and 68, you know, Al Kaline, they won a World Series in 84. And Jack Morris and Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker and, and Kirk Gibson, they won a World Series. If this generation of, of Tigers does not win a World Series, we're going to, we're going to say, yeah, you know, we had it pretty good. They were, they were pretty good players. It was fun, but we're not going to, we're not going to hold them up in the way that we hold uh, those previous players up because you have to win it all. Uh, and hopefully that happens next year. <laughs> I'm hoping against hope that that's what happens next year. But, yeah, we do have to do – we should keep that in mind. Uh, I, I, but I do tend to come of the uh, thought that, you know, I lived through the, the mid-'70s, which was god-awful, which included the 19-game losing streak and some really rotten years, you know, 74, 75, 76. That, that's really when, you know, when I really became of age of a baseball fan when I was in uh, middle school at that time. And, of course, there was the, the Randy Smith era and so on from the 90s up till 2005. So I, I tend to keep – maybe those are still, you know, I keep those in my mind, which has me thinking, you know, I want them to win. But I'm not going to let them not winning a World Series reduce my enjoyment of how how wonderful these last seven years have been. We've said it several times in this podcast. This is a golden era of baseball. We're just short that one last diamond on top of it, and that is a World Series title, unfortunately. The counter argument to what Kurt was just saying, I guess, you know, it's just occurring to me that, yeah, we, we do hold these certain particular periods in, in high regard, whether that's 30s, 40s, 68, 84. Um, the counter argument, of course, is that, you know, Ty Cobb never won a World Series either. Mm-hmm. And yet we do still remember Ty Cobb. You know, I don't think anyone says, yeah, he was great, but, you know, they never won the World Series. There is, I think there is an argument to be made that says decades from now, we will still look back and say, man, do you remember Justin yeah. Verlander? Do you remember Miguel Cabrera? Those guys were amazing. In fact, I don't, I'd have to look at a picture, but I'm thinking of that picture of the, 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 the wall in Comerica that has all the names, mm-hmm. you know, Horton and, and the K-Line and so on. Cobb, I think, might be the only name on that wall that didn't get a World Series. I think that makes my argument then, doesn't it? <laughs> um, it? It makes the majority of your argument, but it still <laughs> makes my argument that you know Cobb belongs on the wall, and we still remember him long after the fact, even though he didn't he didn't oh, belong to a team that went all the way. We're, we're going to remember these guys, and we're going to remember them fondly, but there's always going to be the word "but" that, that follows it. Unless they unless they win it all, and that's because winning the World Series is worth a lot. I mean, if it was if it was worthless, we we wouldn't care if they won it or not. But it's worth a lot, and to have that on top of everything else is what we're looking for now. I'm going to wrap up the MVP topic with the always erudite M Live commenter on Twitter, who just tweeted: Anyone who voted for Trout doesn't know nothing about baseball. No loser MVPs. So uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of all that, they were both deserving. It's a great time to be a Tigers fan. And let's move on to next year in the rumors, guys. Rumor mongering is, well, uh, in full force. Uh, depending on what rumor you hear, and over the last week we've heard 
Max Scherzer, Doug Fister, Rick Porcello, and or Prince Fielder are all, if not on the trading block, at least the Tigers are listening to offers, maybe exploring options. Majority of these revolve around the fact that they want to get Drew Smiley back in the rotation. So, Kurt, how much can we take from these rumors? Uh, is there when there's smoke, there's fire, or is is or, or what do you think is going on right now? Well, one, I applaud the decision that they want to get uh, Smiley back in the rotation because I think I've written that column or that uh, that that statement uh, on bless you boys uh, a half a dozen times in the past. In the, in the past baseball season, I want Drew Smiley back in the rotation too because he's pretty darn great. So I'm 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 applauding that. Uh, secondly, Dombrowski's doing his job. You know, and yeah. we're you, that's that's it. It's it's in a nutshell. Dombrowski's doing his job. He has assets. He wants to see if he can make his team better. He's listening to what other manager, you know, general managers have to say when when they call him up on the phone or text him or email him. That Dombrowski's doing his job and the result of that is that smoke is arising because the 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 baseball writers and the bloggers both know that putting the word Tigers plus trade in a headline is gonna get you a bunch of uh, page views. Yes, uh, and, and we, we do know that. <laughs> Hook slide though, do you think that there will be a trade sometime this off season because if the Tigers are going to make a move to maybe improve some spots in this team and looks like the majority of their budget is going to be tied up when it comes to arbitration decisions and uh, contract upgrades, you know, con- you know kickers, uh, contract kickers keying in, if the Tigers are going to improve this team, how better way to do it than trade from your position of biggest strength and that's starting pitching? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I would be disappointed if you know, if we weren't hearing, hey, the Tigers are listening to, you know, whatever it is they're listening to, because that's all it is—is is listening. And you know, mm-hmm. what's what's the alternative? Is that you know, Dave Dombrowski is you know pinched his ears shut and is saying, la 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 la, I'm not listening. You know, of course you want the guy to be open to hearing, you know, if there's an offer to be made, and if big if here, if it benefits the team, well then we we don't want to miss out on that. You know, absolutely, he should be listening to what what's going on and what, you know. Uh, absolutely. But make make the team better in any way you can. And to your point, you know, if there's not a whole lot of money to be blown on this, then yeah, why not? You know, uh, you, you don't know. If they, I'm, I don't want to see Max Scherzer traded. I don't think anybody does. But we do, we, we we haven't seen yet what the, what the possibilities are. What could you get for a Max Scherzer that would really really improve the team? It's it's hard to imagine. But yeah. you know, let's not completely shut it off. You know. Well, Kurt, you made the argument in your latest Detroit News uh, column that Doug Fister might make the most sense of of the pitchers that the Tigers own right now. He's the the right mix of value and what you can get in return. Yeah, I think it probably makes pretty logical sense to anyone. If you can get one year of this guy versus two years of that guy, you're probably going to be willing to pay more for the, for the two years. On top of it, uh, you know, Max Scherzer is going to get paid around $14 million dollars. Mm-hmm. There's probably not a lot of surplus value. There's still a surplus value. On the free market, he'd probably make $20 million a season right now. So there's surplus value to be gained by trading for him. Uh, but Doug Fister, you know, he's going to make $6.9 or $7 million this year uh, before he, 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 he has his raise next year. So you're going to get even more surplus value. You have two years of Fister. You can always look think about trading him at the trade deadline or next trade if things don't go right. You know, so... You're going to be willing to give up more. So I, I'm saying that uh, the, the Tigers might be able to get more bang for their bucks by by giving up Fister, and on top of that, they can keep the uh, the better pitcher in, in Scherzer. 
Indeed. And uh, I, I think we can all agree that the Prince Fielder trade rumors are, well, pretty much just shit being thrown at the wall. And, of course, the Tigers are, are listening and, and are open to make a deal. But as I wrote in, in the post covering this, I'm also open to winning the lottery. doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, I know we keep saying, you know, there's never any absolutes, Kurt. But Prince Fielder is getting traded unless the Tigers eat over $100 million, right? I don't know if they'd have to eat a hundred million, but yeah, you know, to 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 make it palatable to to acquire a Prince Fielder, the Tigers are going to have to eat some chunk of it. Uh, and when when they do, what what happens? What's the first thing that happens when when they do? Uh, they have a big hole at first base. Yep, or third base <laughs> if they move Miguel Cabrera over. One of the right, other. right. So so trading him creates issues uh, on, on top of it because you're you're not going to get a lot back, you know. Again, we come back to surplus value. What what are you giving up? You're you're you want to acquire, you know, extremely unique individuals or 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 individuals with surplus value. And uh, there's once you hit the free agent market, you assume the market has priced, uh, you know, paid what the, the accurate amount. So there is no more surplus value. And Fielder on top of that has gone and uh, not played up to expectations. So yeah, you you have to eat something. You you're not going to probably get much in return unless you eat a hell of a lot. Yeah. And and if you're going to eat that much money, maybe you should be spending it on a free agent instead. Yeah. And on top of it all, you're you're creating a hole. So there's there's almost no logical way that it makes sense to uh to move Prince Fielder unless the team is crazy enough to take on his, all of his salary and, and for you know for for nothing. But why would they do that? They wouldn't do that. Even even Dayton Moore would not do that. Yeah, Hookslide. I think what bothers me about the, the field of trade rumors is that everybody seems to be forgetting he's one year removed from a season where he was ninth in the AL MVP voting and had an awesome offensive year, hitting uh, over 300 with uh, over 400 on base percentage and an over 500 slugging percentage. I'm kind of willing to bet that uh, the odds are pretty good he's going to have a bounce back season. You said bounce. Now, now yeah, that brings back flops. a slide at third base. Yeah, you know what? Fire him. Just get him the hell off of the. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a, a, a while to come. But I think you know Jim Leland said it exactly right. It's just going to take one good year. Hopefully, that, that's 2014. You know, one good year where he smacks a bunch of home runs and drives in a bunch of RBIs, and all will be forgiven. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. We'll, well, even though we'll, we'll have a hard time forgetting about that base running blunder, but. That comes with the territory when you were talking Prince Fielder. And we also do have to mention that uh, right before we started, uh, we're going to record the podcast today, uh, Max Scherzer was uh, with Jim Bowden on uh, Sirius XM, uh, I believe the, the, the MLB uh, radio network. He was uh, interviewing Scherzer, and he told them, this is the quote, I don't want to be traded. I want to be a Detroit Tiger. I hope they don't mess it up. Kurt, I really don't know what more to take from that, but it's pretty. <laughs> it sounds like Max Scherzer even though he, during interviews after the Cy Young, said, "I know it's part of the business, and uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I want to stay if that's how things work out," it really sounds like his heart's in Detroit. But then again, uh, we we really can't take this more at, at just face value, though. Yeah, you know, I think he keeps saying his heart is in Detroit. You, you know, uh, so and why wouldn't it? I, you know, I have a feeling those guys. In the, inside the clubhouse are thinking things through exactly the way we fans outside the clubhouse are going. We're going 2013 should have been the year. Yeah. It, it should have been the year. Everything was, everything was aligned. Everything was perfect. 
it should have been the year they didn't get it done. Well, I, I think the guys in the locker room say, hey, damn it, we want to get this done. We're going to get this done. Don't break this up. Send us all out there in 2014, and we're going to complete what we didn't do. And, and I think that's I think that's the attitude that, that, that Scherzer is uh, is putting forth in that quote. That's a good point because that's exactly the attitude that the 1968 Tigers had going into that season, feeling that they should have been in the World Series in 1967 instead of the Boston Red Sox. I believe the Tigers ended up uh, they split a doubleheader on the final days of the season to um, finish in second place by one game. So that's a great point that, you know, they re- I'm sure this, for the most part, you, uh, the core, the, 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 they want to keep this team together thinking the talent's here, we're going to win. But, again, hook slide, the window can't be open for that much longer. Well, uh, I mean, I guess it, it could. I don't know how much, um, you know, you have to define, I guess, your terms, how much is longer and yeah. longer and longer. But, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, I understand that there are some like players like Scherzer who are coming up on free agency after this next year, um, you know, and some others that that you kind of wonder how long can we keep these guys around? How long can we keep this whole core team together? And how much longer, um, you know, is Mike Illich going to keep you know, writing those huge checks? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Does he have a, a limit? Does he have a point at saying, you know, what I've been at this for X number of years and I give up? <laughs> you know, forget it. Um, I'd give him a couple of years, though, at least, and it's just it's hard to say. I, I, you know, I know we're coming into this uh, this next topic here. I'll give you a beautiful segue, which is uh, how long can this core team last? Well, how long is that window going to be open? Kind of depends on on, uh, on our own farm system. And, it, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and uh, that is uh, actually uh, you're just a hair ahead because we got to talk about though. When we talk in the window, though, we got to talk about closers because when the rumor mongering has been going on, hook slide, the Tigers have reportedly been linked to both Joe Nathan and Brian Wilson. And when it comes to those two free agents, it really seems like everybody's like, yes, Nathan, and I don't know about Wilson. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go get them. I don't care. Go get them both. You know, uh, this this bullpen has been a sore spot for a long, long time. Yeah, and you know the more I kind of reflect on what took place, uh, you know, in, in this year's ALCS, uh, the bull the bullpen blew it, and I, I know the offense was off and whatever else, and Miggy was injured, but you know when it comes right down to it, they did have the lead in game two, they did have the lead in game six, and the bullpen blew it again, again, you know, and this was the problem and um, that they were trying to address all year. It became an issue in 2012. Let's let's get this sewn up, you know, and if that means Joe Nathan or that means. Ryan Wilson, if it means both of them, then, yeah, go for it. I'm all for it. Kurt, it seems like the uh, right now the only uh, free agents the Tigers have been seriously linked to have been uh, relief pitchers, specifically uh, guys who can close. I really do think that the obvious choice is probably Joe Nathan, but isn't he going to be awfully expensive? And at 39 years old, he's going to want a two-year contract. Yeah, what was his contract? Uh, $8 million? He turned down, I think, a $9 million contract. $9 million, oh my yeah. God. Well, so that, that tells you something that... You know, he says, I'm worth more than that. I think I'm going to get more than that or else I, I, I would accept this. So that, that tells you he believes he's going to get it, you know, what, like you said, two years, $20 million maybe, you know. So he's, look, he's looking for something large. And uh, Brian Wilson won't cost that much. And there's, there's obviously concerns. Despite a very good showing with the Dodgers, uh, Brian Wilson's not going to cost that much. But it's because of those concerns and with those concerns, you, you want uh, to put all your eggs in that basket. Now, you know, I, hey, I, I'm like, what well, hook slides said, damn it, let's get them both. 
<laughs> hey, there's always uh, Fernando Rodney, so who actually has been pretty darn good the last couple of years, even though we, I'm still dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome from his first tour of duty with Detroit. But regardless of all that, yeah, the Tigers are likely going to go all in on one of these guys. It's just a matter of uh, who gets on the dotted line first. Well, let me ask you this, Kurt. I'm, there hasn't been a lot of action in free agency. Do you think? You know, the Tigers are going to be making moves soon, or, or are they going to wait for the market to fall out a little bit, or are we just waiting for the winter meetings to start? You know, we're, we're, it seems like we're waiting for the winter meetings to start. You know, there's no reason you have to. Tory Hunter signed about this time last year. Exactly. There's really no dominoes falling anywhere right now in, in baseball. There, there, you know, Marlon Bird, Bird that, that contract came up earlier in the week. But otherwise, there just doesn't seem to be any dominoes falling. So it just seems like it's all headed towards the winter meeting. So yeah. I guess we'll, we'll see. And uh, hook slide, if you'd like. No, you can try a segue. <laughs> How in the hell am I supposed to get back the farm system from winter meetings? You just did. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think as we start to wrap up the podcast, we, we at least got to touch on Baseball America ranked the Tigers' farm system 29th out of 30 in Major League Baseball. Essentially, Kurt, what else is new? Yeah, we're always finishing second. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hook slide up. Yeah, I know that a lo- especially the, the minor league baseball walks, the guys who are into the amateur draft, they really follow this stuff closely. But I don't know about you, but I, my philosophy on, on your minor league system should be death doesn't bother me so much if there's not a lot of it. As long as you've got those two or three uh, or the elite level prospects that you're at least developing those, which gives you options either at the big league level or in making trades. And that's where the Tigers have seemed to have done pretty darn good over the years is that even though the people keep saying, oh, they have a lousy farm system, there's usually a few players in that system that the Tigers have been able to flip for damn good ball players. Yeah, that, that is really the kind of the point. It, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that level, at least not in the next you know, 10, 20 years, to where you know they're developing their, their farm system so well that we have these players just coming right up you know, into the major leagues and, and forming a World Series winning team. However, as you said, they have been uh, useful, at least as trade pieces. I mean, we were able to go out and get uh, Jose Veras, yep. you know, just this past this year. Um, Doug Fister. Doug Fister, another one. Yeah. Miguel I mean, Cabrera. There you go. Yeah. All for all for top-level prospects, you know. And so that's, okay, fine. We treat the farm system that way. Um, is it good enough to get ranked any higher than 29th? Yeah, I guess not. But, you know, it's it's serving its purpose right now, I guess. I don't know. I, I go out to the baseball games during the, the summer and go watch the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's it's pretty bleak. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are there will be one or two, you know. Uh, Corey uh, Knievel is is one that I've you know been kind of watching as as a relief pitcher uh, for the Whitecaps, and you know, so there, there's always one or two guys that's like, okay, you know, you, you got something here, but on the whole, uh, it's rough. Yeah, and, that, and this could change over the next couple of years. A good draft, a couple of guys, uh, you know, have a you know. Uh, fill into their bodies, have breakout years, or or Nick Castellanos, for that matter, shows us that he's ready for the big leagues. Well, things look awful a lot different really quickly. So, like I said, I try not to get too worked up about this. And as me and Kurt have said over and over in this podcast, we really don't care that much about the minor league system. It's it's there for a reason. Yes, it develops some talent, but it's more about selling tickets at the minor league level. You know, the Tigers have been damn successful having a god awful team at AAA. So. 
He, no. You know, and, and to step in, I've been writing about the Tigers for eight seasons now. My yep. goodness, as long as Jim Lee. And pretty much for the entire time, people have been talking about how the Tigers' uh, farm system is going gonna, is gonna to do them in. And, you know, eight years later, here we are, uh, you know, an, another team, three three division titles in a row, probably a fourth division title next year. Who knows? After, I mean, you know, pe- people have been uh, have been riding the farm system idea, yeah, and that 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 pony isn't going anywhere because the Tigers keep winning anyway. And as we've always said, yeah, you talk, you know, who's always had a great farm system? The Kansas City Royals, and they've won jack shit. So yeah. th- that pretty much says it all. All right, now let's start wrapping up this relatively brief podcast. So, um, hook slide. Any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to add before we uh, get started on happy hour? This is day twenty-seven since the Tigers were eliminated mm-hmm. from the ALCS from the from the postseason. And uh, as I understand it, um, most drug and alcohol rehabilitation clinics go on a twenty-eight day program. <laughs> So we're about one day away from when most of us should be mostly rehabilitated from from this whole thing. So how are you guys doing? I, I, I'm, I've recovered, to be honest with you. I was, you know, the thing is, I'll, I'll say this. You know, I've been covering the Tigers for quite a while as well, not as long as Kurt. But between you, me, and everybody listening to this podcast, I'm kind of relieved the season's over. I'm fried. <laughs> if they win yeah. or lose, I get to the point where I just want the season to end. And I'm just being, I'm being honest there. No, no. I, I mean, I felt like that. I feel like that. I, I've said it many times uh, before. I feel like you. I'd love to go back to the 144 game season because uh, I think it's about three weeks too long. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, how are you hanging out, Hookslide? Do you, do you think you're uh, you're ready to uh, head to a halfway house now? I think I'm. I'm just about there now. Yeah. There, there was, <laughs> honestly, for a couple of weeks, it, it was a little rough. Just saying, you know what? I, I don't even want to. I don't want to watch replays. I don't want to even talk about baseball. You know. But it's it's finally to the point now where it's like okay now now we can kind of get back into it and you know talk about it write about it and, and so on so yeah it's just, it, we're right about on schedule twenty eight days. Well, I just so, don't want to see you on Dr. Drew's celebrity blogger rehab, okay? No, no, I'll be I'll be fine as far as the baseball rehab. Now, if I could just get this cocaine habit, <laughs> you know, my God, I, that, I would that, be all that's set. That's easier to kick than baseball, to be honest with you. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add, Kurt, before we uh, call it afternoon? Well, you know all this talk about uh, rehabbing, and I'm I'm not going to name names. I suppose if you're on Twitter, you know the names. Yes. But I, I'm just going to say there is never a time uh, for for sending a low blow to a recovering alcoholic. Someone had to say something about Miguel Cabrera and, and his his past uh, experience with alcohol and say, hey, now he has as many MVPs as DUIs, or which or more MVPs than DUIs, which. I, I called it instantly. It's, it's a low blow. It's trashy. Here's the guy trying to get his life back on track, who's been, who's been seeking help, who's trying to do what's right. And the the reaction from some people out there is to try and tear it down. Uh, I, I think there's no one in America who doesn't know a recovering alcoholic. Uh, and to, to treat someone, to, to treat them so trashily, is to try and tear that down when someone's trying to do the right thing. I, I, I find that to be utterly, totally, morally re- reprehensive. I, I found uh, I've lost a ton of respect for somebody today. I'm just completely repelled by by the by the stupid statement that they made. So I, I you know, I, I I'm sure I don't have to tell our listeners who are who are, you know, find people that you you don't tear down a, a recovering alcoholic. You, you build them up, and it's 
stupid that I even had to make this as a statement today. Yeah, I, I know the tweet Kurt's referring to, and I really had to hold back from losing it on Twitter. And the last thing I want to do is to get into uh, Twitter fights. Uh, all, I, all I did is I just told the guy to grow up. And asking a lot, and we can hope for the best, but yeah, I, I agree with Kurt. It was a god-awful, trashy tweet. Unfortunately, uh, it's not all that uncommon when it comes to any ball players, and and I don't want to see Tigers fans doing the same thing when it comes to to Mike Trout and things like that. And so everybody just needs to chill at least a little bit. All right, let's so, keep it about the stats, you know. That's yeah, I checked. DUI was not a legitimate baseball yeah, stat. Yeah, for everything you can say about Brian Kenny and Keith Law and, and their ilk, they didn't bring that into the conversation at all. So. Uh, you know, if they can keep it above board, so can we. All right. All I want to add is uh, we did get some positive feedback in regard to doing live podcast, and that's uh, Kurt and I have been discussing this. So be on the lookout because we'll be able to take phone calls. We'll be able to take uh, questions from Twitter. We'll get into more details as to how we're going to do it and when we're going to do it. But it should be a lot of fun, and you know, just keep on a lookout for. We'll, we'll let you know what we're going to do. But I think it's going to be really cool. So and I think this is news to hook slide as well. So yes, it is. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, just be on the lookout for. It. I, I, I kind of look forward to it. No, no, we brought this up, and Kurt kind of expounded upon it, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for that. And again, please, let's just keep the arguing above board. Let's keep it about baseball. Keep it clean. All right, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Let's call it a podcast, and we're only about four minutes over than I wanted to be, so I'm happy. So, Kurt, where can they find you online? Uh, BYB Kurt and uh, as Blessing Boys. Of course. And Hookslide. Hookslide, BYB, on Twitter. And I have a Facebook page up there somewhere, but I think it's on its last leg, so I don't even know. What, what, what's the address again? Is it hookslide.byb, I think? Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I think Go it's there. something like that. It's in it's in the show notes, people. Go look there. and. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll find me wandering the streets of West Michigan. So, good luck. <laughs> and, of course, you can find me on Twitter at BigLBYB. And, of course, you can find all of us pretty much every day at Bless You Boys in one capacity or another. So, uh, and, and we're doing our best to keep cranking out the content. So, be on the lookout. All right, with that, let's wrap up this podcast. So, uh, until this time, maybe next week, maybe the week after, depends on the news. This is Al Beaton saying good night and good luck, along with... Hooks live. And you really want me to do this live? Are you crazy? Yes, we are. And Kurt mentioned. No, I'm Frankie. Frankie, not crazy. We cannot be both. On the next Plus Movie Voice podcast, we'll find out. <laughs> crazy and cranky, we can do it. I probably am both. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella. <laughs>